Okay, John LeBon here on the 22nd of December 2017, and today I bring you JLB Chats with Yosarian and Fast Value. And two days ago, two evenings ago, I had a conversation on the Fakeologist Discord server with a couple of different fellows at different times, and what I was trying to discuss with them, and also to share in the portion where I was just there by myself, is this notion that perhaps... Whoever runs the show is not actually evil. Now, I know this is a very controversial thing to even suggest in the alternative conspiracy truth realm, to even suggest that the people who are in charge of all of this are not evil. Oh boy, that's a very easy way to get yourself labeled as a paid shill or worse around here. But one of the things that I like to do is to explore ideas, and it was only through being able to entertain ideas that seemed foreign to me at first that I was able to realize that I was wrong about so many of the things that I used to believe in, such as human evolution theory, dinosaurs, nuclear bombs, World War II, you name it. When I was first told or when it was first suggested to me that some of these things were not true, I naturally found it difficult to take seriously, difficult to believe. I thought that some of the people suggesting these things might be nefarious or playing tricks or playing jokes. I wasn't able to open my mind to them at first, but eventually I was, and I feel like I'm better for it now. And so what I'm suggesting here, this possibility that whoever runs a show is not evil, I'm hoping that some of you can at least entertain this possibility, if for no other reason than by entertaining it you'll be able to come up with good counter-arguments to then present it to me in the case that I'm wrong, which I could well be. Maybe the people who run this show are evil. Maybe they're horrible people. And maybe we should be spending our time talking about how horrible they are. And maybe if we spend our time talking about how horrible they are, maybe things will change. Maybe. Maybe all of these things are true. But if I'm wrong with my suggestion that possibly they're not evil... The only way you'll be able to convince me is with logic and evidence. And you're more likely to come up with that logic and evidence if you can at least entertain the possibility that your current belief might not be correct. So with all of that said, I'll give a little bit of context to what you're about to hear. Basically, the call was broken up into three sections. For the first half hour, I'm speaking with Yossarian, who is based, he tells me, in southeast Queensland. Then for the next half hour or so, I'm just ripping off my own thoughts, basically sharing what I came there to share in the first place. And then for the last little period, I'm chatting with Fast Value, who I think is based somewhere in the US. So a lot of things happen in this call, especially in the meta aspects of things. So I do recommend that if you find one part or another a little bit difficult to get through, you stick with it because like I said, a lot of things happen. This is a multifaceted call and those of you who can pay attention to and notice the meta elements of something will get a lot out of it, I am sure. Please forgive some of the audio problems that we have. The microphone was probably a little bit uh, hot and uh, some of the audio qualities aren't too good. And then there's also a section where Yasarin is muted but somehow his audio still comes through. So there's a few little technical problems with the call, but the content is what I'm focused on. And if you can focus on the content, I'm sure you'll enjoy it as well. So I'll come back with my thoughts in a moment, but we'll take it away from the section where I enter the audio stream live chat, and I'll be back at the end to discuss my thoughts 
on the call. Okay, so it is the 20th of December 2017. John LeBon coming to you from beautiful Brisbane, Australia. It's a Wednesday today and it's about 10.30pm. And I thought it was about time to pop in and say a little hello. You see, I was just listening to a recent fakeologist audio chat and I have to confess that it's been a little while since I've listened to an audio chat that I wasn't a party to. And I was pleasantly surprised, and let me tell you why. Because in the two or three hours that I listened to, I didn't hear any talk, so far as I can remember, about paid shills. And it wasn't so long ago that it felt like you couldn't go a single audio chat with hearing someone, without hearing somebody talk about these gosh-darned paid shills. And whether people realized it or not, I think it was having a negative effect on the minds of certain people. And I think it was almost like a snowball effect. If you're constantly talking about paid shills or listening to people talk about paid shills, then you're thinking about paid shills and you're seeing paid shills. And if that's your framework, I think it can have a, I think it can have a negative effect. I personally think that's the case. And it seems so, to me as though finally people are starting to realize that maybe there are no paid shills or maybe this technology that we're using is actually quite beneficial and we can use it to discuss ideas and to create videos or articles or podcasts or memes or tweets or whatever we feel like creating and share it and maybe it's never been easier for humans to communicate in all of recorded history and if this technology came to us from the people who run the show, then maybe, just maybe, not trying to stop us from speaking. Maybe they actually are encouraging it. Maybe. And I think this is, uh, if this is what's happened, if people have started to open mind, their mind to this possibility, that maybe things aren't all doom and gloom and they're not all bad and maybe technology isn't evil and maybe the people who run the show are not evil. People are starting to Hold open their mind. Hold on a sec there, John. John, can I butt in for a sec? Go Do for you it. think there were... No shills on the um, 9-11 videos. Well, I don't know. You don't know? Did you ever listen to them? Yeah, I watched Ace Baker and uh, obviously Loose Change was the first one I saw, which was full of complete crap. So but uh, wasn't these guys... Ace Baker? Ace Baker was full of crap with his fucking... Yeah, I haven't gone back and watched his stuff for a few years, but um, from what I remember, his stuff... I think he was trying to suggest that the C, this is what I remember. I think he was trying to suggest that the CGI was being done in real time or there were computer overlays in a live broadcast or something, which seems very unlikely to me. You would think it would all be pre-recorded and then broadcast just like a TV show. So if, if what I remember about him is correct, then I would suggest that, yeah, what he was saying was crap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. You can't do a holograph in daylight out in the open. And besides that, you don't pretend to commit suicide on TV, on radio with Jim Fetzer. Yeah, I there agree. There was gatekeepers everywhere, mate, on 9-11. When you say gatekeepers, you're saying that people are, what, like they're being paid by, uh, like, an agency or something? <laughs> yeah, Alex Jones was... There were planes. It was real. Okay, so when you say shills, you're talking about, like, high-profile so-called alternative media figures? Well, I'm also talking about Ace Baker and Nick Happett or whatever his 
I think Naim is. Nico out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So when I'm, yeah, maybe I should he, be more clear. Would... Maybe I should be more clear here. I'm talking about, there, there's this perception and it seems to be diminishing and I hope that it is diminishing. It seems to be this perception that, oh, there's paid shills even at the low levels of YouTube and podcasts and, uh, you know, they're always spying on uh, what regular people are saying and all this kind of crap. And even though I think it's possible, firstly, I don't think there's any evidence that's ever been shown to prove this is the case. And secondly, even if it is the case, how does focusing on it help anything or help anybody? Seems like a very negative Well, thing you're to saying focus. they're not there, but they are there, mate. Who? Who? Like, for instance, I don't know how you got on to Jeff C, but um, that's where I met you on the chat there. But he, like, there was at least half a dozen blokes, if not more, it was almost like Sandy Hook was given to people to insert shills because what happened with Jeff eventually when that program was building up and people were learning stuff and even you have made it to fakeologist from there and learnt a lot more than, you know, shootings and fake shootings and shit like that. But Jeff comes out one week and says, well, instead of busting a hoax this week, what I'm going to actually do is confirm a CNN story as real because it was building up and he had to split it. Okay, so you're and saying that it. Jeff C is a paid show? Yes. And who I do you think Either him? that who, or who he's... paying him? Well, how does he put out all them videos, John? Even How do I put out all my videos? I, I presume you're still putting out videos, but Jeff was like putting out two a day. I've put out two today. I've put out two separate YouTube videos myself today. Yeah, well, I don't believe you. And you're you could easily if you wanted to. If you wanted to put out two videos, you could as well. Anybody could. Well, I couldn't so is, that, is that your that. evidence? Is it, that's the sum total of your evidence, is that he was wrong and he puts out videos. That's your proof that he's a, a shill. But, I mean, why would you break... That That was the whole um, we do it live thing was breaking hoaxes. And then he comes out of the blue and says, well, I'm not going to break a hoax this week. I'm going to... Um, say that a CNN story of a plane crash is real. But not only that, in the previous July, there was the same model plane, the same passengers, the three-year-old kid. The, the whole thing was exactly the same, except the other one came down in a storm. Yeah, that's fine. This you and I agree that he was wrong about the plane. I'm asking you, what is your evidence that he's a paid shill? We agree that he was well, wrong about the plane. So what's your evidence that he's a paid shill? Well, there were so many people onto Sandy Hook, Matt. There was a half a dozen that I knew of, and there were probably more. It was almost like they were inserted into the YouTube that's a separate issue because I, I agree with you that these fake events are put there to help us wake up. I agree with you about that. That's a different issue to whether or not people like Jeff C are paid shills. So I'll ask you one more time. Do you have any evidence that he is a paid shill? Well, why would you come out breaking hoaxes every Why would somebody week? be wrong? People are wrong all the time. People are wrong all yeah, the time. Yeah, but 
But, I mean, why would you be breaking hoaxes every week and then suddenly decide to confirm a CNN story as real when no one had even mentioned the planes? He just come out and said, I think this plane crash is real. Well, firstly, that part, of your, that part of your story is not true because his mate Red Pill Revolution was the one saying that it was fake. And then Jeff was the one saying, actually, it's real. And this all happened live on an episode of We'll Do It Live. So other people, other people were, other people were referring to it. But if your sum total of him, if your evidence of him being a paid shill is that he was wrong about something, then you can apply that to anyone you disagree with. But he came out before Red Pill and said, oh, I think this is real. Just out of the blue, I think this is a real plane crash. And Red Pill agreed with him. But and your Red only Pill explanation for his behaviour is that he's a paid shill. That's the only explanation that you can come up with. Well, he could be um, very dumb. Yeah, he could be. <laughs> he could be very dumb, but, I mean, the audience was growing and people were learning stuff. People... Um, were becoming aware of the bullshit, and then he comes out with, I'm going to prove, oh, well, he didn't even prove it, but he said, I'm, I'm saying that the CNN story is a real plane crash. Even though there was a carbon copy of it six months previously, same deaths, the same We both children. agree, though, that it could just be that he was wrong and that he was dumb or egotistical or a little bit weird in the head. There are other explanations for his behaviour than him being a paid shill. But for some reason, you seem very confident that it must be that he's a paid shill. Well, I mean, why would you do that when you're a hoax-busting show? Why would you come out and say, well, this week... Why would you tell me that you still believe that history is real? We were just having a discussion off air. You were telling me you still believe in history. You know they lie about nuclear bombs. You know they lie about war. You know they lie about lots of things, but you still believe history. But I'm not sitting there accusing you of being a paid shill. It's like, so you know about all of these lies, but for some reason you're just going to believe history. That doesn't make me think that you are a paid shill. It makes me believe you just haven't worked some stuff out yet. We're all at different levels here. Well, the reason I believe in history is you can trace the royal family back and you can trace the popes back. Through whose stories? The authorities' stories, the same people you know lie about everything else. Yeah, but you're saying that the world's like 400 years old, John. I'm saying that I've got no evidence that it's more than 400 years old. Well, neither do you. Where did, where What's did the oldest book you've read? What's the oldest book you've read? Come from, what is the mate? oldest book that you have read? Well, if the Bible's real, I'd say the Bible. And how old was your copy of the Bible? Well, there is some old copies of it. No, the, um, co- the copy that you read, I how old was that copy? Well, mine would have been in the new printing. Mm, yep. Uh, from so the age of the printing you press. A, you haven't read a book that's 400 years old. You've never seen evidence with your own eyes that's more than 400 years old. Well, I did try to download the, what was it, the um, Ethiopian Bible, but I couldn't, it wouldn't download for some reason, but that's... Um, 800, 800 years after Christ. Supposedly. And how would you go about trying to verify that, this alleged age? Yeah, but how do you verify yourself, John? I mean, when did you... What do you mean verify great, myself? Great, great, what, do, what does that even mean? Well, that means you're saying that, you know, your parents 
either come out of a tree 400 years ago. I never said or, anything like that. I never said anything of the sort. I'm talking no, about you've got no I'm evidence saying, that human history goes back more than 400 years. You've got none. Well, Zero. there is the creator that created the earth, and last of all, he created the humans. Well, you've got no evidence for that either. So you believe a whole bunch well, of stories. I do have but the it, doesn't, it doesn't lead me to assume. It's, I don't think to myself, well, here's a guy who knows they lie about all these other things, but he still believes history. He must be a shill. I think, no, he's worked out some stuff. He hasn't worked out other stuff. doesn't make me think you're a paid shill. Even your um, friend Gustav Le Bon claims his heritage is from the 3rd to the ninth century. Gustav Le Bon could be a fake make-believe character quite easily. Yeah, that's just what you use. It's... I noticed you had his name there, so I looked at a bit of his history, and he's got um, Vikings, Gauls, people from Cornwall, people from Devon. Okay, you know, so if that's what he claims, that's what he claims, but we haven't got any evidence that that's the case. Yeah, but the evidence is you are here, John. I am here. Yeah. Where did we come We've from? We've got evidence that we're here. That's right. We've got evidence that we're here. That doesn't prove anything about what happened 400 years ago. We have no idea what happened 400 years ago. The further we can go back in our history, and I can't go far. My sister went back to um, Ireland with the Flins, and that's as far as she got on my mother's side, but on my father's side, she couldn't get past grandfather. So he was probably a convict. There you go. There you go. But he was there, and he did have all these um, relatives. So really, to you, you can just say you don't believe it, but um, you should have some evidence, John. I'm the one asking you for evidence. I'm saying I don't have evidence that we go back more than 500 years. That's why I don't. Well, believe I'm it. saying you can trace the popes back. You can trace the royal family back. With whose information? When have you done this? When have you traced back these popes? Whose information? Well, I mainly did it through Wikipedia. Mm. And so I where do those stories come from? Well, who wrote them, John? If it's exactly. all make-believe... You don't even who know wrote who them? wrote those Wikipedia pages. No, you don't. Oh, I don't. I agree. That's why I wouldn't use them as evidence. Yeah, but that means you can just say, I don't believe, and that's it. You that's know? what I do say End when it comes story. to history. I don't exactly believe. I but you're here, John. When did your ancestors start? I don't know. That's right. You don't. Mm. And neither do you, which is my whole point. I know that history goes back a long way and not everything could be fake, John. No one, no one here is saying that everything could be fake. I'm clearly not fake. But You're you not are. Fake. This computer You're is not saying fake. everything beyond 400 years ago is fake. I'm saying it very well could be. I've got no evidence that it's real. And neither do you. Yes, I do. I'm here. What? And what? so are you. Well, you being here is not evidence that things go back more than 400 years. Well, where do you think... That's, what, that's what we call a non-sequitur. You don't it does believe not about the Stone Age, the Bronze Age? Nope. No, I don't believe that. any of that. You don't believe it? No. Nope. Why is that? Why don't you believe that? Because I've got no evidence for any of that, and neither do you. No, only the written history. Well, what's the oldest and book the you've read? And the printing press started read? in... Eh? What's the oldest book you've read? If you reckon there's written evidence for it, great. What's the oldest book you've read? Oh, I don't know. Something I found in an op shop. Yeah, you don't even know how old the oldest book you've read is. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that um, 
all history is fake, John. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that. It just means you've got no evidence that it's real. But you've got no evidence it's not real, <laughs> except the evidence that you're here. Unless you've got some explanation of when the monkey climbed out of the tree or some... Well, I don't believe um, the monkey did climb out of a tree. Neither do I. So why are you even bringing that up for? What the hell are you talking about, man? Well, I'm talking about creation. All right, well, if you believe you were created thousands of years ago, that's fine by me. You can keep believing that. Makes no difference to me. Yeah, right. So you just believe whatever you want to believe and offer no evidence, but you'll put videos out about it. Like what? Like um, ancient Greece didn't exist. Well, I actually have got lots of evidence for my claims about ancient Greece. What's your evidence? I went and read all of the oldest books that I could find that claimed to be translations of Herodotus' work. And you know what I found with all of these translations? Firstly, they're all a couple hundred years old. And secondly, none of them could tell me what they were translating from. There was no primary source. All right. So So it took me hours and hours and hours to track down through archive.org facsimile copies of what are purported to be the oldest translations that we have of Herodotus. And they're all a couple hundred years old. And none of them can tell me what their primary source is, which leads me to the inference that there is no primary source, that this was all made up a couple so, hundred years ago. So you were so wrong. You were wrong. You said I've got no evidence and you were wrong. Now I'm asking no, you when, for your when, evidence and you don't have any right. other than Wikipedia. Okay, John. Okay, hold on there. Calm down. <laughs> um, when did the printing presses start, like printing I don't books? Know. I don't know. Well, they tell us it was in the 1600s or the 1700s. Except that the oldest book that you've read, you don't even know how old that is. Well, it would have been a translation of the Ethiopian or any other of the Bibles or the Wikipedia that traces people's lives. I mean, that's a lot of time spent on each individual in the royal family or the Pope's. Um, inventing stories. Yeah, I think the who people who think, run the show do spend a lot of time inventing stories. I think that's pretty yeah, much the main Yeah, but we're going task. back to what? You, you're saying 1700s, 1600s? I don't know how far back all of this goes. I keep trying to explain this to you. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's it. You're just saying things, aren't you? You, you don't believe... Well, I'm the one who actually goes and does research and can provide you with evidence. You can't provide me with a shred of evidence for yeah, anything. But you, you don't even know find... how old the oldest book you've read is. No. So you believe all these but... stories about ancient history, but you can't even tell me how old the oldest book you've read is. I'm the one saying that I don't believe in history, but I at least go and try and find these oldest copies of books. Yeah, but that's all right. The printing press only started in the 1600s or the 1700s. But before that, there were kingdoms, John. And How do you know kings, that? because I've read the Bible, and they all kept chronicles. Kings keep chronicles. Okay, I think we've kings. heard enough from you about history. You believe in the Bible version of creation history, which is perfectly fine. You're entitled to that. I disagree with you, and yet despite the fact that I disagree with you, I do not believe... You are a paid shill, which is how we got onto this in the first place. Your best piece of evidence against Jeff C is that you disagree with him about the plane crash, and that's it. That's your evidence of the existence of paid shills. Well, so I came into this, when I came into this live stream to try and compliment the most recent fakeologist audio chat I listened to, where I fortunately did not hear people wasting my time talking about these paid shills, what did you come and do? 
Within minutes, you came in to say, oh, no, there's lots of paid shills. And your evidence was Jeff Well, Seaton. there was a your evidence, against, your evidence was... against him is that you disagree with him about the Transasia plane crash. There was lots of shields on 9-11, mate. That was never supposed to get out. It was never 9-11 was never to supposed to get out. That's right. So why'd they make it look so ridiculous then? Because people were watching fucking TV, John. Why'd they, they make it look so ridiculous? Why have it? footage of the nose of a plane coming out the other side? Why have the hard guy had... telling his stupid stories? Because no one checks, John. People watch well, clearly the news they do. Clearly and they, they do believe it. Know. Well, clearly people do check because now people know. Now people know, thanks to Simon Shack. People oh, do it's all know. Thanks to Simon, it's all thanks to Simon Shack, is it? Well, who else did anything, John? Is that what you're saying? It's all thanks to Simon Shack. Who else did anything? There was so no true movement before Simon Shack's September clues. So who else did something? So if it weren't for Simon Shack, you think this whole thing still wouldn't have been uncovered? No, I don't. Well, because I there was we... too much misinformation, too many gatekeepers, too many, too much bullshit. All right, well, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. I think it was made very obvious that 9-11 was nonsense, the story was complete nonsense, and now I think it was just a matter of time. look back, John, it looks like nonsense, but now you look back at all these fake shootings, and to us, they look so like kindergarten stuff. But yep. you try to tell that to your brother or sister, and they're just going to think you're fucking weird, mate. Because they believe it, because it's on the fucking TV. Yeah, yep. Greatest brainwashing tool they ever had. Yep. And yet here we are using free technology, Discord server, the internet, which is very affordable. Computers, microphones, we're discussing all of this. It's never been easy to discuss this stuff. Yeah. And where'd this technology come from? Well, I don't know. We got it in about 63, I think. Might have been just before that. Seems like a fair inference that whoever gave us TV is also behind the internet. Seems like a fair inference to me. Well, you could be right there, John. Hmm. So, was it really all meant to be kept a secret? If they're why, if they're rolling out this technology that people like you and me are using to discuss these things, was it really all meant to be kept a secret forever? Was it yes, really it uh, was. Simon Shack? We would have got away with it if it wasn't for that dastardly Simon Shack. Yes, John. You there really believe that? That many layers of gatekeepers that if it, if I hadn't have understood. Eventually, after watching it twice and not understanding and Elbogo sending me some extra links, which just confused me more, but I knew there was something wrong with it and it wasn't until I come to Fakeologist and read about the media and watched September Clues again that I got it. And that opened up everything from the nuclear club you know, like September clues opened my eyes, but there was more, like the satellites and like I remember sitting on a beach at Hope Town in Western Australia and seeing these two what I thought were satellites, but they were um, coming back within a minute, you know, and I was thinking, wow, they fucking really move around the earth really quick, you know, and I still don't know what they were. 
A new source, September Clues on YouTube, which again is completely free, a technology that allows us to broadcast our ideas to the whole world. Don't you find a bit strange that your entire awakening revolved around the internet, which was given to us, we can infer, by the same people who gave us TV? Has it never well, occurred to you? The, what was around before September Clues? There was a few people it who... It doesn't matter what was that. around. The technology that we're using, yes, the medium that we're using... Gone. There was no. Would you stop interrupting movement. me? Stop interrupting me, all right? Let me oh, speak. Oh, all right, John. Okay, I'll let you speak. Yeah, just shut up for a second and let me speak. The technology that oh, we're shut using. Shut up. And let you speak, John. The technology that we're using, the internet. No one's stopping us from using it, right? So if it wasn't Simon Shack, it was somebody else. If it was somebody else, it was somebody else. If it wasn't somebody else, it was somebody else. Somebody comes along and says, hey, "Here's the problem the with else? the TV no. show." Here's the problem with the TV show, and no one's stopping them. No one's stopping us from talking about this stuff, right? So why are you so convinced that they didn't want this to get out? If it all because goes back to Simon Shack, if it all goes back to Simon Shack, how come they didn't just stop that video right at the start, stop Simon Shack, and that's it? If they were so afraid of this getting out, if this was never meant to get out, because there was no truth movement before Simon Shack, and the people that. There's millions of woke up worldwide through Simon Shack, John, whether you yeah, like it or you're not. You're helping my you case go? here. You're helping my case. If it all goes back to Simon Shack, let's go with that for a second. It all goes back to Simon right. Shack through YouTube, which is technology that was right. given to us for free. The, won't you think forum. that this was never Don't meant to get Clues Forum there, Cobber. Let's throw Clues Forum as well, another internet forum in there. Let's throw that yeah. in there. So this is technology that we have complete access to. The technology was rolled out to us. None of us invented this. What makes you so convinced yeah. this was never meant to get out? Well, you had that many fucking gatekeepers, John. Like, um, everything. People would call Alex you a gatekeeper of history because you're still pushing these silly stories about creation and the Pope. People might call you a gatekeeper. Just because somebody's wrong about something doesn't mean they're a gatekeeper. No, but that's what woke me up to the whole thing, mate. And there was no truth movement before September Clues. Fair enough, there was a few people who had sussed out that the moon landing was fake or wasn't There's no right. truth movement now. What are you even talking about? There's no truth movement today. What the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about the people that see through the fucking phony shootings that are put on every day of the week, John. And who are they? Like, you think you're a movement, do you? Well, they are a movement and they're not quite as afraid as they used to be. They're not sitting there chewing their fingernails. Who? Who are you talking about? Who are these people? Well, there's various YouTubes, mate. Um, Smoke and Mirrors is the Aussie guys, PK. Um, Matri. There's so many of them, mate. It's not funny that don't live quaking in their fucking boots over the fucking nuclear bomb that's... Um, Kim Jong-un is going to fucking drop on us tomorrow or maybe America's going to start it. You know, you just go past them things now. You don't even worry about them. Unless you want to laugh, you can read them. Okay, well, if you think PK and Smoke and Mirrors and these people are some kind of movement, that's great. That's fantastic. But I'm really not even sure what point you're trying to make well, at this the, point. Well, the thing is they are people you can talk to, you know. Well, they're not people that I would want to talk to. No, of course not. They don't think very highly of you either, John, but that's neither here nor there. 
You just say, I don't believe in ancient Greek and I don't have to offer up any evidence at all because I don't believe in it. And I think, you know, humans evolved or were created 400 years ago. All right, so and let me respond it. with that's your fucking I'm going to argument. You're going to shut up. You're, I'm going to respond now. You're going to shut up. Firstly, if I don't believe in ancient Greece, I don't have to provide evidence for that. However, I have provided evidence to show that I've done research into Herodotus. I have done that research. I've clearly done far more than yourself. So I'm the one who doesn't believe in ancient history. It's not my job to show you what's wrong with that story, but I've actually gone ahead and provided the evidence. You, on the other hand, believe in ancient history, and yet when I ask you what's the oldest book you've read, you can't even tell me what the oldest book you've read is. Your evidence no, for I... the ancient history is that you can trace the popes. And I say to you, have you done that? And you say, yeah, I've read Wikipedia pages. And I say, who wrote those Wikipedia pages? And you don't even know. No, but you don't know who who invented the stories of all the king's horses and all the king's men. There's heaps of them, mate. You just follow the king's back and there's um, the Lord Chancellor or the whatever, you know, they're there. And they've got all these fucking elaborate stories about them. So who wrote them, John? I don't know who wrote them. And I don't think you know who wrote them either. So what's the point of your question? No, I don't. But they're there. And so are you. And so am I. So what you've got to come up with, mate, is when we're created. Well, I don't know when we were created. And neither do you. I don't know when we were created. And neither do you. So what's your point? No, you don't have an idea. You've got a story with no evidence. I've got... No, I have got evidence. What's your evidence? My evidence is if you go into any church, mate, you're going to find people whose lives have completely changed. That's fine. I've got no problem with them having faith. That's not evidence that history is real. Yeah, well, when you see drug addicts, alcoholics get out of the gutter and are now married with children and live a sensible life, I think that's evidence. Evidence of what? Evidence of God. Okay, that's great, but that's not evidence of history. Have you been drinking tonight yourself? Answer me honestly. Have you been drinking tonight? Who? Have you been drinking alcohol tonight? Answer me honestly. Me? Yes. Yes, I have. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Audio Chat on Fakeologist.com. All right, well, that's a perfect time to pull a little break in between that first section of this show. When I first got here, my plan was to talk about how I was recently discussing the most recent fakeologist audio chat. I was recently listening to it, and I was pleasantly surprised that there was none of this uh, nonsense about paid shill this and paid shill that, and they're trying to stop us this, and they're trying to stop us that. It seemed like a much more productive conversation, and this was... Featuring Napoleon Wilson, Gaia, I think, uh, is it is it Not-So-Freemason who works out near Disney World or is it somebody else? I might have confused them. Uh, the part of the call that I listened to so far was rather enjoyable because it didn't seem to devolve into this negative nonsense about people trying to stop us. And it seems very clear to me at this point that the technology that we're using, this internet, computer, microphone technology, It's beyond most of our capabilities to create, to produce. And so we're entirely dependent on it being rolled out to us by whoever, whether you think it's being rolled out by the uh, companies that are listed on the computers, be it Dell or IBM or Apple, 
or you think that there might be something above them or you think a lot of the technology comes from the same place or you just want to talk about it more broadly as the system, regardless of where you think this technology comes from, we seem to be dependent on that to be having these very conversations in the first place, which leads me to wonder if we're not supposed to know about 9-11 or the moon landings or any of these things, if we're not supposed to know about these things, but the people who are supposedly pulling off these hoaxes and these deceptions are the same people who are giving us the technology to uncover the deceptions and to discuss them, then does it all really make that much sense? Does it make sense to believe that on the one hand, we're all meant to be remaining completely in the dark, and yet the people keeping us in the dark are giving us the technology to bring ourselves into the light? Does that really make sense? And obviously when I first started using Fakeologist, this was early 2015, so we're going back the best part of three years now. Um, this whole paid shills thing was still huge. It was still huge. I still believed in it at the time because I hadn't been around for long enough to really question some of these premises. I'm still open-minded to it. Now that I've been here for a little while, I've come around to think that maybe there's another explanation. Maybe it's not as simple as either the people who run the show are good, moral people who are here to help us, or they're evil people who are here to hurt us and to deceive us. Maybe it's not a simple binary. Maybe there's another explanation. And maybe it is the case that today in 2017, late 2017, those who want to use this technology to inform themselves, to illuminate themselves, to bring themselves out of the dark, are completely free to do so. No restrictions whatsoever. It has never been easier to use this technology to converse with other people all around the world. It's never been easier in recorded history to research and to share our findings with one another. So those of us who want to do that, to see through the deceptions and to think for ourselves, never been easier. But the vast majority of people have no interest in this. The vast majority of people are quite happy to go along with the group, to go along with the crowd to go along with the herd. And so if the herd believes that man walked on the moon, most people are very happy to continue to believe that. And if the masses, if the vast majority of people believe that they evolved from simpler species, then the average person is very happy to go along with that. They really don't have any interest. They've got no inclination to look into this for themselves further. They're quite happy to take authority at their word. They're quite happy to go along with consensus. And as many of us know, if you try and have a conversation with the average person about any of these topics, that's usually what they will do. They will either appeal to authority or they will appeal to consensus. Why would the experts lie about this? The experts know more than we do. The experts are the ones who spend all this time in university. They couldn't all be lying. They couldn't all be wrong. If it wasn't true, then how come everyone believes it? These are ultimately appeals to consensus and appeals to authority. And this is how most humans operate. So what I'm suggesting is another possibility. I'm suggesting that perhaps this technological rollout, which seems to have helped most, if not all of us, to see through at least some of the deceptions, maybe this is like, uh, well, I don't even want to say a double-edged sword. It's basically we can do with it what we will. If we choose to use it to improve ourselves, we can. If we choose to use it to Snapchat 
and to uh, send the memes of kittens and to get involved in echo chambers and uh, to debate monotonous things and all this kind of crap. If we choose to do that, then we can choose to do that. No one's really stopping us. And for me personally, I think one of the reasons why this paid shills meme, this paid shills belief system can be so pernicious is because I think for a lot of people it is used as an excuse in their own minds why they can't do more. There's this idea of, oh, well, I can't know too much about the truth or I can't say too much truth because the shills will come and get me or the shills will stop me or the system is trying to stop us. And and it has an effect on their mind that they probably don't appreciate. It's, uh, it's actually stopping them. It's retarding them. Retard is in holding back. It is stopping them from using this technology to improve themselves in ways that potentially they could if they weren't spending so much time worrying about or talking about the way that there are these boogeymen on the internet here to stop them. Unfortunately, I got stuck in a a half-hour waste of time discussion there with Usarian, and when I was trying to say how pleasant it was to listen to an audio chat that wasn't full of people making nonsense arguments about page hills, well, it only took him two minutes to pop in and ruin that conversation, didn't it? And by the time I realized that he's just been drinking all night, just like his mates PK and Smoke and Mirrors and these other degenerates, well, I'd already wasted half an hour. And unfortunately, this is something that I still don't seem to have uh, improved on. I can spend five or ten minutes with someone and realize this person hasn't really spent much time thinking through things for themselves. They might not have a great deal to offer me. And then I can be polite and they can be impolite back and interrupt me constantly, constantly interrupt. Are and you it can take the me one half who to told realize, me to shut up, time. but I don't really now, listen want to, to live you their that lives much, that way, mate. I've got no uh, place or right to Could judge you? them, and I'm not here to say that they're bad people. But time is finite, and I don't have time for that nonsense. Why you're sorry, and you're muted. I'm not going to unmute you until I leave. So if you're sticking around for me to unmute you, it's not going to happen. You've just wasted half an hour of my time. That's the last half hour you're going to get with me live on the air, unless an apology is forthcoming, which I don't expect, because... Why would you apologize? What have you done wrong? You're just being you. I say keep being you, but I don't have time for you being you if that's the way that you are. So getting back on with what I wanted to discuss, and I know this is uh, very confronting for a lot of people, this idea that, hold on, if the technology is being rolled out by the very people who I thought were my enemies, the people I thought were evil, but I'm so convinced that they're evil, but their technology is helping me, then where does this leave me? Where does this leave me if, if the technology that's being rolled out by the evil people is helping me, then should I stop using the technology or does that mean that the people who are evil are not completely evil? And I think it can lead to a lot of this dissonance, cognitive dissonance in our minds because deep down we know that we have become dependent on this technology and it has helped us in a lot of ways. So whether it's September Clues or Ace Baker or whoever woke us up to 9-11 or got us thinking about 9-11 or the moon landings or the nuclear bomb hoax or whatever it is, Chances are it was via the internet, an internet which none of us could recreate from scratch. We are dependent on the system giving this to us to have come to these realizations. And then I go one further and I say, look how ridiculous 9-11 looks. Look how ridiculous the moon landings are. The 1968 film 2001 A Space Odyssey looks far more realistic than the Apollo 11 moon landings a year later. So they could have made the moon landings look more realistic if they wanted to. They didn't. And the lunar module that supposedly landed on the moon looks very obviously like a school project. If you just look at the photos, 
to this day, NASA still have like 2,000 by 1,500 pixel relatively high detailed photos. In fact, they could be even more detailed than that. It could be 3,000 by 2,000. We're talking highly detailed digital photos that you can zoom in on. And the lunar module clearly looks like uh, some kind of school project, okay? They could have made it look far more realistic, but they didn't. So then you have to ask yourself, were they really trying to keep us all in the dark? Were they really trying to keep us all in the dark? Because if they were, they could have done a better job of it. Perhaps there's another explanation. Perhaps this stuff has been done because the vast majority of the masses will believe whatever they're told. Those of us who are willing and able to think for ourselves, we're being given, potentially, possibly, this is what I'm suggesting might be a possibility, very obvious clues that this is all a joke. And then we can do one of two things from that point. We can then assume that by sitting around talking about it and complaining about it, the rest of the masses will wake up to it, which they won't. Or we can say, hold on, this is a clue that I need to go further in my own exploration of what this realm really is. And then we can go down that path. That's what I think might be going on here, guys. That's what I think might be going on. I think it might be the case that the vast majority of the masses, no matter how obvious the ruse is, don't care. They're never going to care. And we can waste as much time as we want trying to talk to them about this. They're never going to care. Most of them are no less happy than us. They're just leading their lives, just like we're trying to lead our lives. So, so maybe it's not even our place to try and convince someone who believes in the moon landings that the moon landings are fake. Maybe. Maybe we might be better off saying, hold on, that's a clue that we need to go further. And uh, then we go further. That's what I'm suggesting. And I don't think anyone is coming to stop any of us. I don't think anyone is even necessarily listening in on us. I don't believe that anyone is scared of us discussing this stuff. I don't think this is any threat to the system whatsoever. I think if this were a threat to the system, they wouldn't have given us this technology in the first place. And they might have put a bit more effort into the moon landings and into 9-11 and these kinds of things. And again, I know that this is very controversial. Many people don't want to hear this. I wanted to talk about that as well. I think there are people out there who want to believe that there are boogeymen out to get them. They want to believe that there is a boogeyman, there is an identifiable target, there is evil. They want to believe, for whatever reason. And I can't tell you what those reasons might be. I have my suspicions. But I think a lot of people are so convinced now in their mind that there is a single source of evil in the world, the people at the top, the elite, the powers that be, whoever you, whoever, whatever you want to call them, they're convinced that these people are evil. And so uh, the notion that that possibly they're not evil, like even just the possibility, it's not something that they are willing to entertain. And if you can't entertain an idea, then you've got no chance of accepting it. You've got no chance of really exploring it. And I think that just as some people will never, ever open their eyes to the obvious shenanigans of the moon landings, some people will never open their eyes to the possibility that this technology is part of the revelation. This is part of the revelations. We are being given this technology to allow those of us who want to, to go further in exploring what this realm is all about. Now, there are a few other people here with me in the live stream audio chat. I said what I wanted to say. Does anyone else want to pop in with a comment or a question or what have you? I don't mean to hog the mic. There was just one person I wanted to mute. He's muted. He remained muted. But does anybody else want to speak? Nope. Looks like it's just me. Well, it's very warm here in Brisbane. I've got to get myself a glass of water. I did sit down to start this. When did I sit down? Was it 10 o'clock? 10 o'clock, I think I started down to start this, sat down to start this. It's now quarter past 11. So I'm going to go and get a quick glass of water. I'll come back. I've got a few more thoughts I want to share. Be back in just a jiffy. 
All right, so I'm back. That is much better. Yeah, about 30 degrees, maybe 31 degrees here in Brisbane today. Rather humid. The uh, summer is definitely here. At this time of night, probably not quite 30, maybe closer to 25 or 26, I would guess. Although I've got to keep the window closed because I live near a train station. So it does get rather warm in here and uh, it can get rather warm, can't it? So that's what I want to put out there, guys. I hope I've articulated myself well enough. I hope I've conveyed the possibility that I'm trying to convey. And I did notice that uh, my name did come up a couple of times in that audio chat that I was referring to. And I know also that uh, Chris Kendall of Hoax Pastors Call was in an audio chat maybe two weeks ago now. And he was chatting with um, Phil Blanks. Phil Blanks, I think his name is. And Chris was referring to something that I had suggested, basically the same idea that maybe, potentially, the people who are rolling all of this technology out are not evil. And the thing that people keep bringing up is the vaccines. They keep saying, well, if the people who run the show are not evil, then how come they're vaccinating us? And my response is simple. They're not vaccinating us. They're not vaccinating me. The children are being vaccinated. This is true. However, who's doing that vaccinating? It is the parents. So how can you abrogate responsibility from the parents and put it all on some abstract concept of an evil elite? If you're willing to forgive the parents for the vaccinations, how come you can't forgive the people running the show? Surely the buck stops with the parents. To me, this is very obvious. I think one of the reasons why people instantly reject what I've just said is because this means putting responsibility on the parents and potentially on themselves. And this is something I have seen time and time and time again with humans of all kinds, colors, and creeds. Many of us don't seem to want to take responsibility. We do not want to take responsibility. I have seen many parents try and tell me that it's not their fault that their children eat shit food. They're too tired to cook because they have to work. That's not taking responsibility. That's saying I'm not responsible for my own child. Same with vaccinations. Now, if you say to me, oh, the parents don't realize that the vaccines are bad for the children, so it's not their fault, I say, how much easier could it possibly be for the parents to do research for themselves? They've now got devices in their pockets which they can use they don't even need to type. You can just say things into these phones and they will they will search for you, come back with a wealth of information. Okay, it's, it's literally never been easy for someone in recorded history to inform themselves about these things. So if you're saying that it's not the parents' fault that they don't know better, then what exactly would you want? Would you want them to be... You want, you want them to be sent to education centers to be have it drilled into their heads? Vaccines are bad. I mean, what, what more needs to be done? How, how many passes are you going to give the parents? Like what? How? I mean, I'm struggling to articulate myself here. It's literally never been easy for someone to look this stuff up for themselves. Literally never in recorded history. But apparently it's too hard for the parents of the children to do the right thing by the children. So you, you'll give a carte blanche forgiveness, a carte blanche excuse to the parents of the children, but you will hold the some abstract group of people who you've never met responsible for that vaccination. Okay? A kid is in a, a doctor's uh, practice and chemicals are injected straight into the bloodstream of that child, that innocent child. Chemicals that may well be uh, harmful, and I suspect very well are harmful intentionally. And you say the responsibility is not the parents of that child, 
the responsibility is somebody else. Maybe, maybe I can't articulate my my problems with that line of uh, belief. Or maybe maybe I can't. Maybe I mean I've tried. If what I've said hasn't gotten through my point, then then maybe I won't be able to. But if you've if you've got it in your mind that no matter how much information is available completely for free to people to inform themselves about the little human beings for whom they are responsible, if none of that matters, you say, well, it's not really their responsibility; it's somebody else's. Then who do you think these children belong to in the first place? Like maybe you don't believe the children do belong to the parents. Maybe you don't believe it is the parents' responsibility. Maybe maybe you actually believe the children do belong to the to the state or the people who run the show. To me, it's very simple. The children are the responsibility of the parents. And if the parents are deceived, it's never been easier for them to undeceive themselves. Now, you might come back to me and you might say, oh, well, the parents are deceived by the TV. The TV lies to them. I agree with you. The TV does lie about these things. The TV is just a box in their house that they willingly put in their house. No one's forcing you to put a TV in your house. Oh, well, they... They also didn't know about the dangers of the tea. Okay, so you can see, you could just keep going with this all day long. You could, you could basically excuse every mistake or error or oversight of a parent. If you are absolutely certain, if you are determined to blame the people who run the show, then you can forgive everything of the parents. Not, not their fault at all. They, the, the parents have no idea. Completely oblivious. It's not their fault at all. And it's like, okay, well, I guess we're at an impasse then. For me, it comes down to the parents. Now, was I vaccinated when I was a child? Yes. Fortunately, there weren't as many vaccines back then. What is it? What are they up to now? 20? Is it 25 vaccines now for a typical child? I mean, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. It wasn't quite that bad when I was a child. Do I hold my parents responsible? Like, do I, do I, uh, um, how do I feel about that? My parents didn't know any better. It's a shame. They didn't have the internet back then. Could they have educated them? Potentially they could. They trusted their doctors. They didn't know any better. So I don't have any animosity about it. But I still think of all people, they were the ones responsible. Of all people. If anyone was was responsible for me and what happened to me as a child, it was my parents. Animosity because they didn't know any better, but they were responsible. And I think any little child being vaccinated today, it's the parents who are responsible. So if the person who is responsible is uh, is evil for what happens, then the parents are evil. But I don't think the parents are evil. I don't think, I'm not really even sure I believe in evil anymore, to be perfectly honest. So, uh, so yeah, so guys, if, if the best reason that you have to believe that the people who run the show are evil is vaccination, fair enough. But my question is, how come you don't say the parents are evil? And if it's because they don't know better, well, how do you know the people who run the show don't know better? I mean, if you read the work of people like Aldous Huxley, it seems as though these people believe that what they're doing actually is good. The same as my parents thought getting me vaccinated was good for me. It seems as though the people who run the show believe that retarding us, retarding the masses, think it's good for us. They think we're happier as epsilons who are not very bright and we just go to our monotonous jobs and do monotonous work and watch monotonous TV shows and eat food from boxes and uh, and do lots of drugs, prescription drugs, legal drugs, illicit drugs. Most, most grown adults I know are, are doing one drug or another regularly, whether it's prescription, uh, legal or uh, or illicit. Most people I know are, at the very least, drinking regularly, or smoking weed regularly, or taking antidepressants regularly, or taking some other kind of antipsychotic regularly, some other kind of medication. Most people I know. I'm one of the very few people I know who are not regularly on something. And so it seems as though the people who run the show think that this is how humans are happiest. Dumb, docile, and hepped up on goofballs. Now, you might say, well, I disagree with them. I don't, don't think this is how humans are happiest. I think we're all happiest, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. 
But if good intent, if good intent is enough to absolve the parents, or they didn't know any better, then how come it's not the same for the people who run the show? Okay, oh, the parents got their child vaccinated, but they they thought they were doing the right thing. They didn't they didn't know any better. Okay, how about the people who run the show? They seem to uh, think this is good for us. Okay, they, they think they're doing the right thing by us. Maybe they don't know any better. If you know better than them, maybe they don't know any better. Maybe in their minds this isn't evil. Maybe. I don't know. I've, I don't think I've ever met them. Okay, so I'm just saying this is a possibility that I'm trying to remain open-minded to. And since I opened my mind to this possibility, it seems to make a lot more sense because for a long while there, I couldn't explain how come we've got this thing called the internet which is so easy to use. Anyone can start a YouTube channel, just like me, get thousands of subscribers, just like me, even have videos go viral, just like me. Anyone can do it. doesn't cost money. Incredibly easy to set up a YouTube channel and uh, start a website. No one comes and stops you. There's no one. I mean, I haven't even had my YouTube channel deleted. Okay. Clowns like PK and Smoke and Mirrors and these other people, oh, they're deleting our channels all the time. But they haven't deleted my channel once. Go figure. So, and I used to believe that crap too. I used to believe that people like uh, PK and Jeffrey and these other people were having their channel deleted. I used to really believe that stuff. And I'm still open-minded, but now it just seems ridiculous to me. And, uh, and yeah, so anyone can do this. And so I had this dissonance for a while. This technology, which I feel has helped me in so many ways, has come to me from the people who I'm convinced are evil. Couldn't really make sense of it. But now that I've opened my mind to this possibility that maybe they're not evil. Maybe they're not evil. Now things make more sense, and I feel a lot more at peace. A lot more at peace. So is it possible that there is actually a single group of people running the show, and that they are evil, whatever that means? Yes. Yes, I remain open-minded. Is it possible that there's a single group of people who are running the show, and who are good, whatever the opposite of evil is, let's just call it good. Is that possible? Well, yes. I would need to really hear a good convincing argument as to what good and evil is and where morality comes from. But I guess that's a, although it's related, it's a different matter altogether. But I remain open-minded, guys, to all of these possibilities. What I'm trying to suggest is that maybe we might be better off uh, doing that, being open-minded to the possibility the people who run the show are not evil and that they're not trying to keep us all in the dark because clearly some of us are not in the dark and the technology that we're using comes to us from them. So this very narrow, black and white, they're evil and they want us all to remain in the dark. And maybe that story that so many uh, alternative conspiracy truth people buy into, maybe it's a nonsense story. Maybe it's a story that really isn't backed by any logic or evidence. Maybe. I'm, uh, I'm here to be convinced. Here to be convinced. And then you've got the whole other issue of if you really believe the people who run the show are evil, right? Yeah, obviously, that would be the ones who control money. If you really believe the people at the top are evil and you're willingly giving your life Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 or 40 hours a week, whatever shifts you work or this kind of thing, if you really believe the people at the top are evil and yet you're giving your life, your life energy, your time to these people for their money, what does that make you? If you really believe they're evil but you're willing to give your life to them, what does that make you? Seriously, it makes you a minion, doesn't it? If you really believe that this world is run by evil and yet you willingly give your life to them, your life energy to them for their money to buy things, and that makes you a minion. That makes you one of the little creatures who works for the devil, doesn't it? If you really believe that, if you really truly believe the people at the top are evil, and yet you are willingly giving your life to them, then you're a minion. 
How fucked up is that? Pardon my language. That's one of those cognitive dissonances that, once upon a time, couldn't really make sense of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the people at the top are completely evil. Completely evil. Their monetary system and financial system is completely evil. They uh, they work as debt slaves, they do. Oh, yeah, what are you doing this week? I'm working for them. Uh, why are you doing that? I need their money. What for? To, to own a house. To pay the bills. Hold on, so you, you mean the people who you think are evil? That's right. So, so you convinced that they're evil, but you're going to spend the week working for them? Yeah. Um, and, and you're, but you're a good person. That's right. Uh, so, <laughs> hold on, I'm not, this doesn't make sense to me. Let's try again. So the people who run everything, uh, uh, you believe they're completely evil. Yep, uh-huh. And you're going to spend your time this week working for their money. Uh-huh. And you're a good person though. Yep. I've got no choice. You've got no choice. That's right. What do you mean you've got no choice? You mean you, can, you have to, you have to go to work? Are they, what are they going to come and knock on your door if you don't? No, I've, I've got bills to pay. Oh, yeah, like what? Oh, the car. Do you need to own a car? Yeah, to go to work. Uh huh. Um, you know what? Let's, uh, oof. yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with that. You see, I've got it a lot easier. Now that I'm no longer convinced that the people at the top are evil, I didn't have to worry about that. Because you see, I am part of the system just like you are. I have a job. I use money. I pay my bills. You see? But I no longer feel, I no longer spend every day thinking to myself that I'm working for an evil system. And I feel much better. It's like, well, maybe the people at the top are evil and maybe I am a minion. I'm open-minded to that possibility. But the truth is, I don't really have much evidence that that is the case. And uh, I'm a much happier person every day, day to day, as a result. Now, if I found out for sure that they were evil, then I'd have to reconsider everything. No. Then I'd be like, well, maybe I do have to get away from the system. Maybe I do have to go and try and live on land or whatever I can to, to get away from the evil system, lest I be a minion. But uh, but actually, I'm not convinced they are evil, so I no longer feel like a minion working for the evil system. You see? I just go to my job, do my job, get money, buy food. Yeah? Or buy, uh, I mean, this microphone's doing fine, but when this breaks, I'm going to buy a new microphone with money from the system. You see? I won't feel like a minion for doing it because I don't believe in my heart that the people who run the show are necessarily evil. But those of you who are convinced that they're evil, those of you who are really convinced that people at the top are evil, the people who run money are evil, well, you're a minion. You were a minion working for them today, and you're going to be a minion working for them tomorrow. You absolute, complete hypocrite, won't you? Yes, and you know it. You know it deep down, which is why some people, when they hear this, are going to get a little bit triggered. I'm not evil just because I work for people who I'm convinced are evil. Stop you, JLB. Give me a break. Probably time to put a fan in here, I think. Getting warm enough now to put a fan in here. Sorry for all the background noise with the train, guys. Where I live is right near a train station. I'm like, I don't know, maybe, maybe 40 metres, 50 metres. I could easily throw a cricket ball from here to the train line, easily. Um, maybe maybe 60, 70 metres. I'm slightly uphill. So I apologise for all the background noise, guys, but I can't keep the window closed when it's this warm. It is too warm to to have the, the window closed at this time of year. So you have to forgive me. So I'm just about done. So I really only had about half an hour of stuff I wanted to talk about today. But what happened was I sat down 
and then a gentleman going by the name Yasarian was in the lobby, wanted to have a chat. And I've been meaning to chat with him for a while. He wanted to chat for a while, so I had a chat with him. It was pleasant enough, actually, to be honest. We were chatting for about half an hour, and I was like, well, there's some things we agree on, some things we disagree on. Now it's time for me to go to the uh, to the live stream to say what I wanted to say. And um, and I bid him a polite adieu. And then the next half hour transpired, which you guys heard, which was unfortunate. But um, I still haven't learnt my lesson, have I? You know, you be nice to certain people, and that's how they... Uh, that's the world we live in. 100% my fault. One day I will learn. One day I will learn. Uh, or maybe I won't. Maybe I will always uh, make the same mistakes. That's also possible. I am but a flawed so-called human. So that's what happened then. But then I think for the last half hour I've said what I wanted to say. So unless anybody else in the live stream has anything they want to add, there's lots of people here in the live stream. We've got with us the streamer bot. We've got with us Sophia, overly salted, fast value, and delete the elite. If none of you guys have anything to add, it might be time for me to get going. Don't all talk at once. All right, so nobody else in the live stream wants to say anything. So if that's the case, I'm going to unmute Yasarian, and um, he can say whatever he wants to say. But um, I'm making no uh, no guarantees that I'll stick around to listen to any more of this nonsense. But uh, let's see. Let's see what Yasarian has to say for himself. Well, he's unmuted, but he's not speaking, so that's got, that's got nothing to do with me at this point. How can there be seven people in a live stream chat and no one wants to say anything? Unbelievable. JLB. Who's that? Sparse. Oh, how are you, mate? Good, yeah. I, I didn't have a lot of time. So, um, I'm a little hesitant to, to open this uh, particular... Kind of worms at this stage because I heard you say you were about ready to leave. And, well, I'm in uh, no rush to go, man. I'm on holidays, so I don't go back until back to work until uh, the second, I think. So I've, I'm in no rush man. to uh, go to sleep. In fact, I'm feeling pretty um, pretty awake. It's uh, 20 to midnight here, but it's very warm, and um, yeah, so I'm happy to sit around and have a chat. But the the problem is, one of the gentlemen who are in the live stream with us right now, I have identified that he's been drinking. And that he's also an associate of PK and Smoke and Mirrors, and that he's not a fan of mine. And those are all perfectly fine things, but I've wasted enough time talking to my uh, my baseless detractors. I don't really have uh, too much time for it now, especially having already identified that I'm dealing with a gentleman who doesn't base his opinions on evidence. Okay, there's a lot of. But you, but you on the other hand, I'm more than happy to have a chat with you, especially if you've got any counterpoints to what I was saying about people who believe in evil at the top, because I'm still here to be convinced, man. If people have convincing arguments that whoever runs a show is evil and trying to keep us all in the dark, I'm, I'm, I could be swayed back to that position. But at this point, it seems like most people who hold on to this belief have never really questioned it. You have to define evil. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like how many of us can really give a, like a concise, internally consistent or a, you know, a satisfactory, internally consistent definition of good and evil in the first place. Where does our morality even come from? Oh, I think it's made up by the powers that be, whoever they are. Yeah I, sus- yeah, I suspect that could well be the case. If you give the masses a very simple binary of good versus bad, Superman versus villain, 
poker versus Pepsi, red versus blue, Trump versus Hillary, whatever, the masses buy into it. And they can only ever see life through this simple binary prism. What if you were to find morality? Well, if you're going to define morality, it would think it would have to be consistent across the board. If, if behavior were to be moral, then it would have to be the same for everyone. To be moral, they would all have to ad- adhere to a particular standard. It couldn't be different for different people, right? Yeah, like you'd think if, if it was to exist, it would have to be objective. So it couldn't be a matter of each subjective individual's morality. You would think if, if morality is real, you would think it must apply to all equally. And so traditionally, the idea of morality has been subjective and sort of imposed from the top down, whether th- through a religion or the state, right? Well, or I'm not sure. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, I'm very dubious about everything we're told about history. So, I mean, well, people, at- I know that some people, when I was in high school, they tried to tell us that back in the Middle Ages, back in medieval times, the king claims to be ordained by God or something like this. Now, is it possible that that's what used to happen? Sure. Wouldn't surprise me. Like if, but I, but I, you know, I don't really, I've got no reason to believe that's what actually did happen. You know what I mean? I, I can see in, even in my lifetime that, uh, and I think I'm a little bit older than you, but for a long time, uh, morality has been the province of the church. People would look to the church, the Ten Commandments and that sort of thing for um, guidance on how to be moral. And I think that that's sort of faded and now the state is sort of the arbiter of what's right and wrong. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree with you that people seem to want to look to authorities. So whether that was the church in uh, generations gone by or it's the you know pop culture, celebrities, news readers, whoever it is that's uh, seen as the authority today, people generally, humans do seem to want to be told what's right and wrong. Well, we have laws that are, I mean, not that they exist per se, but there are people that write things on paper and refer to them as laws that sort of govern what is right and wrong. There's consequences for not obeying the law. So in, in many ways, the state is the arbiter of right and wrong in today's world. Yeah, I agree with you about that. Although a lot of people I know, they don't really agree with the laws. You know what I mean? Like they, um, if they uh, believe they can get away with speeding in a certain section of road because there's never any uh, speed cameras, they'll happily do it. And they won't feel like they're really doing anything wrong. And then the people, and then most people would agree that it's wrong to say murder someone in cold blood. But does that belief that it's wrong, is that based on the fact that the state says it or is there something else to explain that sentiment? That's the key question. And, and I think, um, if I don't know if they have any real data concerning psych, what a psychopath is or, or a lack of empathy or what mechanism in place or lack of same that allows people to do things to others that uh, repulse, I guess, what we might say normal people. So I, I think in a, in a more objective sense, the idea of murder, uh, it, it's wrong because it can't be consistent. Like you, in order for somebody to murder another person, the person being murdered doesn't want that. Like if it's a universal standard, if mur- murder were okay, it's impossible. It's a self-contradictory idea. So it has to be wrong because it can't be a consistently uh, applied standard. There's always got to be two sets of people, right? The, and then how do you separate those those two sets? So from a logical perspective, 
murder is wrong just because it doesn't pass the consistency test. What do you? I'd love to get your idea on what I had to say about the say the moon landings, right? There's this persistent belief or claim that we're all meant to be fooled by it, right? They didn't want any of us to wake up to it. And what I'm suggesting is that most of the masses will never go against what they're told by the authority, but that events like 9-11 and the moon landings were made so comically fake, so obviously fake, that possibly, I'm suggesting a possibility here, that the idea is that those of us who will go against the herd, who are happy to think for ourselves, would potentially identify these clues, if not at the time, then as technology was revealed and realised that there's more to this realm than, uh, than what is presented to the masses. Almost like, you know, if I could um, make a metaphor here, within Plato's cave, most of the masses will always believe what's on the wall, but it's almost like there were clues put on the wall, you know, the shadows from the fire to say, guys, this is just a wall, go look what's down the hallway, you know what I mean? That's what it seems like to me now. That's what it seems like. What do you think? Do you think what I'm proposing is plausible, or do you think they definitely wanted us all to stay uh, to stay asleep? And it's just by chance, you know, by the grace of Simon Shack that we're here today. Well, you're you're speculating about the motivations of people, which you can never know. So I could say that's plausible, and it would just be specu- pure speculation. Um, I don't see that there would be a particular need for that other than if there's some sort of idea in, in a long-range plan of the people that are perpetrating these media hoaxes to overturn the system and reveal this at some point. But in my estimation, their uh, plans and schemes have been wildly successful, even as good as they are, but maybe the standards that, that we have by having looked deeper, it, it's just not a requirement for them for the most part. They have the power of authority of the media behind what they do, so most people won't won't look any any further. But when you say we're speculating about their motives, you know, which we can't we can't know, that's you're quite right. We don't know why they're doing what they're doing. So a lot of people seem absolutely convinced that the reason why these deceptions are put on T V is to fool us. And so what I'm suggesting is maybe we're not all supposed to be fooled. So either way, it's still speculation about what, like the ultimate reason why they're doing it. We don't know. Uh, I think that I'm, I'm pretty convinced their intent is to fool us. I mean, I think part of what all of the, the whole media campaign is and has been for a while is to move people further and further away from critical thinking and the ability to analyze uh, things with their own senses and move into a realm where they strictly trust uh, the media and the authority of the media so that they can just do more and more outlandish things and people will just continue to believe it. It just gives them a lot more opportunity to um, behave arbitrarily without any sort of resistance. From And as far as evil, I, I look, I look at them maybe more in terms of like a, a cattle rancher, say, like, I don't know if you have to decide how evil it is to make, to eat meat and wear leather and all that sort of thing. But if a rancher is just doing things to grow and control his ranch and make it more efficient and more profitable, I think that's more or less what's going on with people that 
further ranchers of humanity. Sure, and I'm not, I'm not, um, how do I put this? I'm not saying that it's, uh, that they're trying to necessarily help all of us. What I'm suggesting is that they can say whatever they want and that'll fool the masses. And so they can put out a ridiculous, uh, lunar module and 90 some percent of the population will be like, oh yeah, they went to the moon. But by making it so ridiculous, they're also leaving a clue there for a small percentage of us to realize that it's a joke. And so these things are not necessarily mutually exclusive. You can do both at the exact same time. You can put out a ridiculous story that will fool the masses while at the same time leaving the door open for some of us to go, hold on a second here, that looks like sticky tape. That looks like sticky tape right there. I reckon they're, st- I reckon they're telling us a joke right now. See? So it's like if you're dumb enough to fall for this, you'll fall, you'll fall for it and you will be at the mercy of whatever other nonsense stories we tell. But if you're a human who has some capacity for critical thought, to be an individual, to not go with the herd, well, the, wor- the world is your oyster. It's never been easier for you to use technology to discuss things and to share ideas and um, and to progress through this realm, whatever this realm is. It's never been easier. That, that's possible. I don't know what the upside would be for them to having a percentage of the population and aware of their, their schemes. Um, it's been posited that Perhaps they're just, uh, I don't, I, I don't know if the same, the phrase is the same in Australia as it is in Britain, but taking the piss, they, they do that just to have a laugh at our expense, right? By putting these ridiculous things out there just to see who will fall for, for them. That, that could be a possibility. Um, I, I've seen a number of things that have sort of led me to believe that they, they are sort of, uh, they have a wry humor about some of the things that they do. Yeah, like maybe maybe they are sort of having some fun with it as well, you know. Like I can tell you from my own experience, sometimes when I'm making a thumbnail for a video, say on my YouTube videos, some of those thumbnails take me half an hour, right? Like just to make a thumbnail for a YouTube video that might get three, four hundred views, right? And sometimes I'll put like a cheeky little thing in there to see if anyone gets the joke, right, if anyone notices. Almost every time they don't notice, you know. And so sometimes I find myself getting more brazen with some of the things that I'm putting in there, like Easter eggs, just to see if anyone will notice. And this isn't malicious in the least part. Sometimes it's, it's almost like uh, like a joke doesn't really describe it. You know, you're sort of trying to have fun, but you're sort of putting it out there as well, just to see if anyone's even paying attention. You know, there's no malice involved in it. And I'm just a, I'm a nobody who's making videos for, for nobody, right? So if you were sort of towards the top of all of this, maybe you would decide, hey, we could get ourselves a legitimate looking lunar module. Now let's just, let's literally build it with cardboard. Let's literally build it with cardboard just to put it in their faces and see who is paying attention. Uh, Look, when was, when was the last time, can I ask you, can I ask you fast value? When was the last time you went and looked at one of these high, um, like high pixel, high detail images from NASA of the lunar module? That, that's my avatar and in, in a lot of sites is the, the detailed high resolution. Is it? Would you, would you agree with me that it is absolutely the lunar module? Would you agree with me? I don't want to make this a loaded question, but what I'm saying is to me, it is obviously comical how silly that lunar module is. Well, I think so. I've had discussions with advanced degree holding educated science engineering types that are totally convinced that that thing went all the way to the moon and back or, you know, that whatever piece of it came back and whatever was left there. And then these are fully matriculated engineering types with jobs in the system that are mechanical, you know, what do you say? What do you say to something like that? 
Exactly. What can you say? Maybe, maybe it's the case that human nature, with rare exception, is to be incredibly incapable of thinking for itself. So the remaining humans, the, the small ones, the small percentage of people who can think for themselves, they understand that it is just by a freak of nature that sometimes humans are born who just don't go with the, with the herd, okay? There's no necessarily rhyme or reason. They can, these people can be born to any family and can grow up in any suburb. Eventually, sometimes humans come along who can think for themselves. And so maybe these clues are put there so that those humans understand, oh, there's, there's others out there like us. Do you know, like maybe it's like a way of, um, of sort of uh, illuminating the other humans who can think, the tiny percentage of humans who can think. It's like, yep, they, uh, we're out there too. Most of the other humans aren't. Most of the other humans are not able to think for themselves. They don't want to think for themselves. They will never, ever think for themselves. You can show them cardboard and sticker tape, and they are seeing a marvel of engineering that went to the moon, and this will always be the case. Maybe it's like a nod to their to their fellow thinking uh, creatures. I think that mentality it probably makes it easier them to justify maintaining the control. I think it's tough to generalize in today's world about what people will never think or, or, because there's so much effort and energy and time put into molding the way that people think from the very beginning, from the hospital experience, through church, through education, through media. It's all wrapped into a, a huge program that's, that really never stops throughout one's entire life, it's always sort of there to persuade and mold. And, 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 and I mean, the school experience itself, is it's beyond persuasion. It's, it, it's re- a requirement that people sit in these desks and absorb what the teacher says and what's in the books and repeat it and regurgitate it. And I mean, by the time that people get done with all that, it's a wonder that anybody uh, has, has an exception that uh, that type of thinking yeah i agree with you i agree it's it's incredible that after 13 years of being trained to defer to authority there are still some humans who will not defer to authority i agree it's you could almost look at it if you wanted to you could almost look at it like a test you know what i mean can you get through 13 years of brainwashing and countless hours of tv mind-numbing brainwashing and still, at the end of it all, eventually realize, hold on, this is cardboard and sticky tape. You know what I mean? No, and, and some people will come back to me and they'll say, oh, but you've got no evidence that these people are actually good people trying to... No, I would say back to them, well, what evidence do I have that they're evil? Okay, if, if ultimately I can't know these people's motives, which of these potential explanations helps my life more? And I can only speak from my own experience when I look at the people who are at the top and I just assume that they're evil, it leads to a very negative outlook on life and a very unproductive one. Whereas since I've come around to this idea that, well, maybe they're evil, maybe they're not, uh, maybe this is all just a test to see which humans would still think for themselves even after all the brainwashing, I find myself much more positive about the future, much more positive about existence, much less weighed down by the troubles. No, that's all right, man. Look, I listen, let me say you're sorry. Let me apologize, man. I shouldn't have said anything nasty about you when you were muted. I shouldn't have done that. I apologize. I was frustrated. I get frustrated when I feel like I'm being interrupted, but you probably felt like I was interrupting you, so I apologize for that. And, um, 
you know, I... Uh, uh, it's all right. When you told me to shut up, I did shut up and let you finish your spiel. And then when I tried to say something, you said shut up again. It's probably not recorded because it was in... Was it on the live stream or... 33? It was on the live stream. It'll all be on the live stream. It'll all be part of the next well, psychologist call. That's good. So what are you talking about now? There's no evil. What I'm suggesting is that maybe the people who run the show are not evil. Maybe they're not our enemies. Maybe they're not my enemy anyway. Why is that? They well, what control I suge- everything you do. Well, I'm not so sure they do control everything I do. I'm completely free to speak to you right now. I don't think there's anything stopping us from talking. In fact, I feel like I'm dependent on their technology to talk to you right now. Well, I'm no longer free to talk. I have to sign off. But it was nice chatting with you, JLB. Yeah, take care, Fast Fee. All the best, man. Thank you. Yeah, well, it probably is their technology, John. Yeah, so if us discussing this kind of thing is a good thing and we're doing it via technology that came to us from them, then doesn't that sort of lead us to infer that maybe they are actually not ill after all? Well, I think they're just... Um, to keep their... And I'm sure they've figured this all out before they released it. Yeah, your um, I think your computer is uh, maybe your Wi-Fi connection's playing up, man. Your your audio quality has gone into robot mode. But in any event, man, look, it's about midnight, so it probably is best that I uh, be on my way. So uh, you take care, and um, yeah, in the future, if I find myself getting frustrated, I'll just take a deep breath and remember that. Uh, there's never any need for me to raise my voice. So uh, once again, I apologize. Hope you can accept my apology, and uh, I will try to learn from this experience. So you take care, all right? Yeah, well, I hope you do learn, John. I'll catch you later. Okay, so that was the call. Hope you enjoyed that. Like I said, there were some technical difficulties with it, but overall, I think the call, there was lots in it that's worth pondering and thinking about. So I hope you enjoyed it. I'll just give a few reflections briefly now, and perhaps I'll talk more about it at another time. The first thing I want to focus on is how people value their time, or they don't value their time. And if you're talking to someone who does not value their own time, it is insane to think that they will value your time. And somehow, I keep making the same mistake and thinking that if I am polite to somebody who clearly is not at my level of deprogramming, that somehow they're going to appreciate or respect that and then at least try and treat me politely in response. In the case of Yossarian, I had sat down at my computer that, that particular evening wanting to do a quick recording in the live stream chat, but Yossarian wanted to have a chat and he'd been asking for a chat for a while and I thought that he wanted to have a productive kind of conversation. And so off the air, we had a half hour call And I noticed within five or ten minutes that I was talking to somebody who wasn't quite at my level, but he seemed polite enough, and I ended up spending half an hour with him, where there was literally nothing for me to learn because I was talking to someone who still believes quite fully in biblical creation. But I was polite to him. Then I went to the live stream to do what I had sat down to do, and within moments he had come to not only interrupt what I was doing, but to try to contradict what I was doing, and then when given the chance to give evidence fail miserably, but rather than understand that he was failing miserably, just kept carrying on and on and on. And then, to make things worse, constantly interrupted me. Constant interruption, constant interruption. 
most people don't realize when they're doing that. For some reason, when people are in real life, they seem to know the social cues to not interrupt one another. But when you get them online, for a lot of people, that goes out the door. And they can spend 30, 40, 50, 60 seconds speaking when they're given an opportunity. And then when someone else who they're speaking to starts speaking, they'll interrupt within 5 or 10 seconds. And a lot of people don't notice this, but I notice it. And sometimes I do get frustrated by it, as was the case in that call, as you just heard. And I've only got one person to blame when things like this happen, and that person is me. If I'm going to mix with people who haven't shown that they value their own time, I've got no reason to assume that they value mine. And if I'm mixing with someone who hasn't shown that they are polite and calm and can have a civil discussion and let other people speak, if I haven't seen evidence of that, it is foolish of me to expect it live on the air. So I can only hope that eventually I learn my lesson, but so far, I keep making the same mistake. What I'll suggest is that that call that we just heard is an argument for the existence of secret schools or secret societies. Hear me out. Did you notice how as soon as Yasarian came back into the call, fast value disappeared? Fast value could have had a perfectly logical, sound reason for leaving. Maybe it was time for him to go to bed or he had to go and tend to something in the house or who knows? Who knows? But the way it seemed to me was as though he knew full well he wasn't going to get a good conversation with his Sarian there, so he wanted to excuse himself, and he did so politely. Now, I would put to you that I had a more constructive conversation with Fast Value than I did with Yasarian. Ipso facto, by allowing people who are not ready for a civil, intelligent, rational, evidence or logic-based discussion into the call, it's discouraging the people who are capable. Now, you think about how a secret society or a secret school might work in theory. They're only allowing in people who genuinely want to be there. And they're only allowing people to stay who've proven that they can be constructive within that atmosphere. And this is how many social situations work, whether it's secret societies or otherwise. We only want to be around people, if we're smart, who are constructive, who are at the least pleasant, but ideally... Uh, adding something positive to our experience of that particular time. Now, when it comes to topics as esoteric as the hoax hierarchy and the many hoaxes and deceptions that are taking place in this world, the reality is going to be that many people who seem capable of discussions, they're not. They might know about the baby hoaxes. That doesn't mean they're going to know about some of the higher-level hoaxes. They might know about the nuclear bomb hoax and even the evolution hoax but it doesn't mean they're capable of having a rational, evidence-based discussion about the history hoax, for instance. This is very much natural. It doesn't mean that the people who are incapable are bad or there's anything wrong with them per se. What it means is that those of us who want to have these evidence-based, logical, calm, rational discussions, we might well be better off excluding those who have shown no reason for us to believe that they're capable of the conversation or that they value the time that's going in to those conversations. And so what I'm trying to suggest is that what we just saw or what we just listened to and what I experienced personally was an argument for secret schools, secret societies, these kinds of things. Now, this is blasphemy to many people in the alternative conspiracy truth realm, the act realm as I call it. What I'm suggesting here is blasphemous. Because what many people are operating on is this premise that we're all equal and we're all capable and everyone deserves the truth and blah, 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 right? 
And this is crap that I used to buy into as well, but I no longer do. My opinion now is that my time is finite and it is valuable. And my opinion is also that your time is finite and only you get to decide if it is valuable. Now, if you want to waste your time trying to assist other people who can't see to see, I say do it. But me personally, I'm 30 years old. I'm not getting any younger. I don't have time to babysit people who won't reconsider their own premises. And I especially don't have time to be polite to such people when they will not be so polite back to me. I just don't have time for it. I don't have time for it. I value my time too highly. And so now I look at things like secret schools and secret societies and I think these guys, who I know very little about, I've never been in a secret school or society, but if they operate the way that I assume that they operate or that I infer that they operate, then they're miles ahead of me. They've worked it out. Don't waste time on people who don't value their time. They're not ready. They're not worth your time. It's a waste. We will have productive, useful conversations with people who will, at the very least, be civil. That's what I took from the call. That's what I got out of the call. And so I've said this to myself many times. Let's hope I can stick to it this time. In future, I'm going to try to give more of my time to people who value their time and who value my time. And I'm going to try and give less of my time to people who don't value their own time and who don't value my time. And I'm doing this for my benefit because my time is finite and I think your time is finite as well. So are you here to sit around and have heated online arguments with people? Is that what you're here for? Because if it is, that's great. I say do it. Do whatever you enjoy. But me personally, that's not what I'm here for. It will happen from time to time. People will get heated. I'll get frustrated as I did in that call. It will happen from time to time, but that's not my preference. My preference is to spend my time with people who, even if they disagree with me, in fact, especially if they disagree with me, can have a calm, civil discussion, let each other speak, consider our premises, admit when we don't have evidence that we thought that we had these kinds of things, that will be beneficial for me. And you could argue that what I'm doing with my website is almost like a secret society in the sense that there are things happening there that are a secret to those who are not there. If you are not a full member of the website, you don't know what we discussed on the last Skype call. You don't know what we discussed on the Skype call before that. You won't know what we're going to discuss on the next Skype call. These things are secrets to you. You don't have access to them. You could argue that by me running this subscription website, it's like a secret society. You could make the exact same argument about any subscription-based website. You could make the same argument about anything where people are excluded, like a Discord server that's invite-only. And I think there's merit to it. I think there is merit to keeping out those who don't really care, who don't really belong, who don't value what's going on, keeping them out, saving the trouble that you would normally go through with them, and sticking to only the people who show that they value what's going on there. So that's what I took from the call. I'd love to know what you took from the call. Leave your comments in the comments section on the relevant post at johnlebon.com. I'm going to leave it there. I could sit here and talk a whole lot more about people's beliefs and how some people can see so much and not see other things and the lunar module. I could sit here and talk all day about that. I mean, come on, guys. You really think it's an accident that they made that look so silly? There are so many things I could sit here and talk about following that call, but it is 35 degrees in this room. I am struggling here. Someone just started mowing the lawn in the backyard, which you can probably hear. So I'm going to leave it there for now. So if I can just recap... You just listened to a call from Fakeologist Audio Chat. 
You can take part in these Fakeologist calls. Just go to fakeologist.com. They've got a Discord server. Many people waiting to have a conversation with you. Many of them, just like Fast Value, who are there to have a civil discussion, even if they might disagree. Many people there, like Yasarin, who maybe are not quite at that level, truth be told, for whatever reason. God love them. Many people to talk to if you're interested. And uh, lots of information there at fakeologist.com. As always, I'm very thankful for the work that Abby is doing. He makes my life a lot easier by just uploading those podcasts and then I can come along and cut them out the way that I've done here. So thank you very much to Ab. And if you want to take part in those calls, like I said, very easy. Just go to fakeologist.com. And then in terms of the conversation itself, this question of are the people who run the show really evil? Is it okay to discuss these things? Are we better off maybe reconsidering our premises? Many, many important topics that are worthy of the consideration of any intelligent person. I hope you got something out of the call but I really must get going right now. So on the 22nd of December 2017, John LeBond, if you're listening to this and it's your first call that you've heard from me, go to johnlebond.com. Lots of free material there for you to check out. And I'm quite confident that the intelligent among you who check out my content, my free content, you'll want to learn more. And there's much more to be learned. Let me tell you that right now. 22 December 2017, John LeBond signing off. And until next time, you guys take care of yourselves.